A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning. Happy Pentecost Sunday and Memorial Day weekend. And uh, it's a joy to see so many of you here in church this morning. So sometimes on holidays, I never know. Um, like a lot of people leave, not a lot of people come. But it's, it's good to see. And it's good to see some, some new faces and some visitors um, that are back. And, um, and so this weekend, uh, yesterday, the diocese ordained three new priests, which was very exciting. And um, so Father Scott Nemitz, Father... Loudon Redinger and Father Matthew Schulmuller were all ordained at the cathedral. And um, just interesting because I was going through, you know, and in the ordination ritual, you know, the bishop lays hands on the new priest and then all the priests go through and lay hands on the new priest. And, and I'm sitting there laying hands on Father Schulmuller, who was once my altar boy when he was in junior high. And, uh, and so one, I felt really old <laughs> and, uh, and two, I felt really blessed. And, and so you never know what'll happen, <laughs> which is a great joy. It, it really was a great joy. And, um, and I was just really proud of him. And, and so, and it's my 18th ordination anniversary today. And, uh, and so I think mass is offered for me this morning. And so I'm grateful for that. And, uh, and I was sitting there in the cathedral and thinking about like on that day when I was ordained, I pretty much was sure what my life was going to look like um, because I had kind of this whole plan. Like I was going to get ordained and serve in the Diocese of Lincoln for three years, then go active duty military. And I would be an army chaplain. And by now I would be the chief of chaplains of the army. And... Uh, Instead, I'm the pastor in Palmyra and Douglas, which is, turns out to be you know, a greater joy than, than I would have imagined and that I would have made up. And, and, and our Lord always knows what he's doing, right? Our Lord always knows what he's doing. And, um, and so, so as we're celebrating Pentecost, I've just been reflecting on how the Holy Spirit's been moving and, um, and really just want to share with you about that especially in light of you know, the news from last week that, that we did purchase that property next to the parish hall in Palmyra, which, which just opens up a lot of possibilities for future development. And, um, 
And, and so, so I was just, yeah, just thinking back to, I remember when the bishop called and he signed me here. And, and I've talked through a lot of this with the parish council and, and, um, and I haven't talked a lot about it from the pulpit, but you know, when, when the bishop called me and he signed me here, like I was in a place where I thought I was gonna do special ministry for the rest of my priesthood. I was in the family life office and I travel and I speak. And, and, um, and then COVID came and when COVID came, I had nothing to do. And because like you can't do events when COVID came. And so I was basically sitting in my rectory offering mass every day for, for various intentions and doing some Zoom activities. But, um, but I started to notice like all the guys that are pastors, like they have stuff to do and be creative and things like that. And I'm just kind of like sitting in my house, like I got nothing to do. And then an opportunity opened up for me to go to Wahoo because the pastor there was removed. And, um, and so I just went to Wahoo to help out. And as I was there helping out, that desire to be a pastor started to grow in my heart. And so I wrote the bishop my letter that year asking him to make me the pastor in Wahoo. And, uh, and then he calls me up like in April, right before Easter. And the conversation went something like this. Um, Father Kokali, this is the bishop. Um, so uh, I got your letter and um, well, I, you wanna be a pastor. And uh, so I'm gonna make you pastor in Palmyra and Douglas. And I think there's division there and they wanna build a church and I don't think they have money. <laughs> Happy Easter. <laughs> That's really how the conversation went. And I was just like, oh my goodness, what am I, what's gonna happen? And, um, and, and immediately, and I have said this before, like, I just like drove down here as soon as the assignments were public and I sat in the churches and, um, and just, just said, Jesus, like you have to, um, like you have to put love in my heart for the people and, and love in their hearts for me. And, and like, you have to do this for me. And, um, and then as we started off together, I started having adoration every day and we consecrated the parishes to St. Joseph. And, um, and every day I would just sit there and say like, Jesus, if you want there to be a parish here, you need to send people. Because that was really a question at the time. And, and I don't know if it's a question everybody's aware of is that like we're really small and like the number of priests are shrinking. And um, like we were down 10 priests because of misconduct and, and then retirement ages drop. There's just like a lot of strategic kind of questions. and. And then our Lord just started sending new families and another new family and another new family. And, and they turn out to be families that some of, some of you are brand new in my life. Some of you like popped into my life. Um, like right before I was assigned here, Nick Nelson sends me this email, like you, you're friends with my old battalion commander and uh, this other person. And, and I was just like, oh, that's super interesting. And now they join the parish and lead our high school youth group. And, and so, so there's just all kinds of ways the Holy Spirit has worked. And, um, and then the church like failed last like Advent, we moved into the parish hall in Palmyra. And, um, and then that brought up another question of what are we gonna do? And, and some of the challenges are that like for the bishop to build a church, it has to be, it has to be feasible and it has to be able to absorb growth and, and we're kind of landlocked in. And, and that's the story I heard from many past pastors is, is that we're so landlocked in and, and and it restricts the ability to build something sufficiently big enough to absorb growth to justify building a building. And, um, and so we, we started looking at the parish councils and I started looking at like, okay, so we could build like outside of the village, we could build you know, in between, we could build north of the highway. 
all these kind of options that were like in the area of dreams. And, and then last week I was meeting with the building deconstruction committee. We were just talking about getting bids on tearing the building down. And, um, and I'd met with the CCD teachers. And in the meantime, you know, a great blessing is that we've had so many new families that our CCD numbers more than doubled. Um, but the difficulty of that is we just don't have space. And what are we gonna, we were talking about bringing in portable classrooms and, and finding storage units and things like that. And, um, and then we found out that property went up for sale like just on that time. And it's, it's across the street from the parish hall and there's like a 2000 square foot building attached to it. And, uh, and kind of immediately when I figured out it was that place, um, I started making inquiries and calling the diocese and seeing what they thought. And they kind of jumped on it immediately and said like, yeah, you should, you should pursue that. And, um, and so we went from like having all of those, like, I don't know what we're gonna do to now we have, <laughs> we increased our footprint, we increased our space and there's room to build a church like in place in the village that will be sufficiently big enough to, to justify building a building. And, and all of that kind of fell in to place right before the Feast of Pentecost. And, and I don't think that should be discounted that, that just kind of our Lord is preparing a place for us and, and it has continued to do so. Some people have even commented to me on how like, you know, we had that high altar and, and then it wasn't really gonna be able to go in the church. And so I had them set it up in the hall just to get it out of the basement. And now it's like, the, it was just already there when we had to move into the hall. Um, and so I'm just really grateful to our Lord for, for the ways that he's continued to move. And, and maybe the most profound way that I've seen him move is, is the way that I've, I've watched you as a community open up and, and grow and, and grow in the willingness to, to work together moving forward. Um, I probably called, like, I called a new family in Palmyra and kind of told them about that opportunity. And somebody was like, Father, you need me to call my bank? If you need the money, we can get it today. I talked to a family that's been in Douglas for a long time. They said the same thing. I talked to somebody else and they said, yeah, we would have done the same thing. There's just like a willingness across the board to do whatever it takes in order to, to strive to be in the best place possible, right? The best place possible. And, and to continue to allow our Lord to do the work that he's been doing. And, um, and, and probably one of the bigger movements that I saw happen, and, and it's something that we, we need to start talking about, is that in the midst of everything that's gone on, there was the real kind of concern about, well, if, if St. Leo's doesn't make it, what happens to St. Martin's? And, and, you know, because really our parishes have always had the same pastors. They've always been interdependent. And, and there's really, if there's no St. Leo's, there's no, not really a place for St. Martin's to attach itself to. <laughs> and, um, and, and I watched as the parish councils like came to this conclusion that um, there would be an openness to considering something called a juridical merger. And so a juridical merger, just to be clear about that, what it means is this. It means, it doesn't mean closing buildings. It doesn't mean changing the, anything like that. What it means is that like right now we have two corporations with two different federal tax ID numbers. It would mean both of those corporations get dissolved and a new corporation is formed with a new federal tax ID number under a new name 
which if it all goes through would be called St. Leo and St. Martin churches. And, um, and it would simplify things administratively. And if you are curious about how complicated things are administratively, being two corporations that share properties and personnel, talk to Megan Nelson after mass. Um, because Megan's been like bookkeeper and she's training Jolie to be bookkeeper right now. And it's just a lot of trying to come up with mathematical formulas that are fair and transferring money back and forth. And um, because e-tithing all goes to St. Leo's because we don't want to pay for two different e-tithing services. But then at the end of the month, everybody from St. Martin's who e-tithes, it gets transferred from St. Leo's to St. Martin's. And then St. Martin's pays 40% of shared costs. And so at the end of the month, you have to write a check from St. Martin's to St. Leo's. It leaves a lot of room just for mistakes and, and to oversight, but, um, but it could just streamline things. And the more things are streamlined, the goal of streamlining things is to free up the parish to do ministry and to do our mission. And, um, and, and my biggest concern has always been like, how do we preserve history and ensure that we have a future? And, um, and, in, and really to build a new church that would be sufficiently big enough and also a place that many of you have told me, like a place where my children or my grandchildren are gonna get married. Um, it's a place that will host like confirmations. It's a place that, you know, as our, you know, CCD grows, um, we have a gift of having, you know, being able to have CCD together all in one place. Um, there's, there's an opportunity, right? It's an opportunity to just strengthen things. And, um, and it'll, it'll avoid that being thrust upon us at any point in the future um, or being separated in the future or, or anything like that. And, um, and so there will be open meetings about that coming up because in order for it to happen, the chancellor has to come down and everybody has an opportunity to be heard. And I want to invite anyone who has questions about what that would mean to, to just give me a call and I will come over and we can have a conversation. Um, and, and I'm just willing to listen to everyone. Um, but, it, but it will help things along going forward. And, and as I watched, um, even on parish council, it was, it was really, it was Joe Moeller who like one day he just said, Father, I think we need to do that. I think we really need to be all in this together going forward. And, uh, and I, I just about started crying because I was like, okay, God is moving something. And like most things that are amazing in my life, I don't exactly know what it's gonna look like going forward, but I know he's doing something. And, uh, and my goal is to stay out of his way and be able to discern and, and try to do what he does. Um, but there's a lot of hope and a, and a lot of reason for hope right now. And, um, and I don't like discount the fact that we're talking about all of this on the Feast of Pentecost. And, and then on this day when when the gospel was heard in every different language and, and unity was brought about where division had happened you know, at the Tower of Babel. Um, and so today, let us just continue to pray that, that our Lord continue to build us up as a community, that he continue to send us the people that we need, that, that our own hearts stay open to, to whatever it is that he desires to do and that we truly will glorify him in, in everything, in every thought, every word, every work of our lives.